Hello and welcome back to another episode of Keep 100 with Dakota and Chorsey. I'm Dakota. And I am Chorsey. And today we have a very, very special guest. As a part of our The Buzzer Beat series, our game show series in which we conduct interviews, we have Mr. Ryan Chafee. This is a person who has competed on multiple U.S. game shows, including some big names such as Jeopardy, 500 Questions, and he served as a mastermind on GSN's Masterminds. Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to interview with us here today. My pleasure, Chorsey and Dakota. Thank you for having me. Oh, goodness. I have so many questions to begin with, but we'll start pretty basic. Tell us a little bit about who you are and how you became interested in the game show world. I'm from Minnesota, and I uh, am a professional tutor. Uh, and that's not necessarily the best explanation for how I came to be involved in game shows, but uh, I used to watch a lot of game shows growing up, uh, and principally I watched Jeopardy every day after school with my dad, and that was sort of our, like, for sure daily activity in addition to, you know, sports and uh, and everything else. But uh, I, yeah, loved Jeopardy and sort of loved, you know, playing it with my dad, and that was sort of a way to show off, like, your knowledge, uh, so that you know, had, had meaning for me. So, uh, uh, Jeopardy was kind of the way in for me, obviously. And, uh, and I could say more about like the early journeys there, but that, that was basically the, the, the big early show for me. Goodness. I, so, I mean, Jeopardy is such a staple when it comes to game shows, uh, especially with the industry. Like, I, I mean, Jeopardy in itself is a legend. I talked to me a little bit about, that experience of being able to meet with Alex Trebek because you were on the show for multiple episodes because you were so successful. And what is that like to be in the presence of such a, a powerful presence in the game show industry? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, that was my first experience uh, on game shows uh, was Jeopardy. And it was sort of a long road because I initially tried out as a teen because they have a teen tournament um, and they didn't have an audition. This is, you can, you can audition for game shows now over zoom. So I could basically do it from anywhere in the, in the world. Uh, but back then you had to do it in person and you had to like send in a little postcard uh, and get picked to be an auditioner. Uh, so I sent in a postcard when I was a teenager and got picked, but had to go to Kansas city uh, to do the audition from, from Minnesota. And uh, my dad was like, okay, we'll drive to Kansas city. So my dad drove me to Kansas city to do the audition. I didn't make it. And he was like, it's fine. And then we drove back home to Minnesota. But like at that point that became my, my goal in life was to get on jeopardy. So I kept trying over the years and doing auditions and getting rejected until finally uh, in 2009, I got the call to be on Jeopardy. And meeting Alex Trebek is a weird experience because you're meeting him on set. Like the first time you actually are encountering him is when he comes out after getting introduced by Johnny Gilbert. And there he is. And then wow. it goes to commercial break and he kind of wanders off and talks to the audience. And you're just kind of like there, <laughs> bewildered by the experience until then. <laughs> After the end of the commercial break, Alex Trebek comes over and starts asking you questions. So it's kind of this crazy, you're like meeting him in the way that everyone experiences Alex Trebek. It's not like you're hanging out wow. with him backstage before. So it's it's weird. So you're like meeting him the same time the audience is like meeting you. Wow. That's a thing. Yeah. That is, you're not like okay. going to Jeopardy land and then there's Alex Trebek and you hang out for a while. Um, and I'm talking about him like he's still here because he kind of yeah. is still here. He's always uh, he's always Alex Trebek. So. Um, but yeah, you're meeting him in the same way that the you meet him on the show is he walks out and uh, and and it's there's also like rules in game shows that you can't hang out with the person who has access to the questions because then that would be perceived as, mm-hmm. as uh, potentially shady. So um, yeah, that's, that's your interaction with Alex Trebek. And then at the end you talk, you do the little chat with Alex Trebek um, while they're running the credits and then he walks off and then you go back to the, back to the green room. Oh my goodness. Okay. So what is the, like the, what is it like to record an episode of a game show? I mean, you've done it multiple times and I'm sure some game shows have a longer processes than others. So um, for Jeopardy, for example, like what does a standard day of recording look like? Yeah. Jeopardy does five games a day. 
Um, they do, I forget if it's two morning and then three afternoon or three morning and two afternoon, but it's basically, they shoot it in essentially real time. So they start taping and they break for the commercial breaks and like have the length of the commercial breaks and then they continue taping. And it's, it's basically a half hour experience per episode, but it's really like one on top of another, one on top of another. And that's, you know, how game shows generally run is they want to get as many episodes in a day as they can, because it's more efficient to do more episodes per day. So like when you're watching a week of Jeopardy, you've watched one day of actual taping. Um, and you can sometimes see that in the contestants where if you're watching like the end of the week episode, um, you're pretty tired out after doing five episodes a day. And I think I'm, when I was on it, I did like a few at the end of the day and then had a weekend and then a few the next day or the next Monday. Um, but it's really, yeah, it's once you're, you show up pretty early in the morning, you do makeup, uh, they prep you uh, in some shows, like you have to wait a while um, because you don't know what episode you're going to be on. And they kind of tell you right before the episode, if you're going to be on that episode and then they like whisk you out and then you're on stage and then it's like, Five, four, three, two, one. Boom! The cameras on, and you're just sort of in the moment. Um, I've I've mainly been on trivia game shows, and it's pretty. Uh, it's it's weird because you're like on the spot being asked trivia questions, but you're just sort of in this like otherworldly place of uh, of like the answers either there, or it's not there. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a weird experience every time. Oh goodness! Wow. I, I'm just I'm so excited. This is like a dream being able to hear these experiences. This is this is all this is what I want to do with my Yeah, life. are you what yeah, what are your game show dreams, George? I ultimately I, I want to host the game show. I want to be able to produce a game show idea that I have. Like I th- this is what I want to do with my life. That's why I wanted to start this series, is because this is the biggest passion I have, and I've had it since I was a child. I grew up uh, okay. Pretty similar to you, like watching Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune. Um, I watched a lot of like the Nickelodeon game shows, so Double Dare 2000, Legends of the Hidden Temple, and then mm-hmm. that obsession just kind of grew and continued. And people thought I would phase out of it as I got older, and I just kind of dug <laughs> deeper into it. Um, so then I started exploring, and YouTube. Once I had access to YouTube, was a beautiful kind of. Um, search engine, if you will, of all the different types of game shows. So now I'm just looking up shows I have never heard of before, some that are different languages that I don't even understand. So I'm just watching the <laughs> actions to understand what's happening. Um, and it. Do you want to go on game shows? I'm sorry? Or you just want to host game shows? Or do you, have, you, have, you, have you gone on a I game would, show? I, I think the best way to do it is to be on a game show first, see that experience from a contestant, yeah. and then be able to work on the other side. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely want to be on a game show, um, and then use that information to kind of transform into being able to work on game shows, you know, starting as a PA, work my way up through the ropes and yeah. Have you auditioned for a game show? I, we had, so Dakota and I submitted an application for the revival of Legends of the Hidden Temple. We didn't hear okay, much yeah, back that's... from that. And then, um, I think, let's see, this is kind of different. I have attended the Price is Right live, like a performance of the touring production. Um, So I've done one of those, but that's pretty much about it. Mostly it's been about. Which is interesting, though, with the Price is Right, where like you, as as an audience member, you are a potential contestant. Yeah, it's really, and it's so, it is so infectious. Um, Because I was very curious, you know, growing up watching the Price is Right on television, I'm like, that energy cannot be replicated and i was very curious about how (laughs) how do you do this in a theater um you know and so i remember i was with uh my roommate at the time and we're sitting there just having a casual conversation and then uh we're in the ohio theater in columbus and the lights start to dim and then these two big spotlights hit the curtain and then the music starts playing and everyone loses their mind and i yeah i i Honestly, more electric than the Super Bowl, more electric than any sports ever possible. Like I, <laughs> the way that energy <laughs> just lit up that room is something I have never experienced before in my life, and I can only dream and hope of trying to experience again. 
Um, it is such an amazing, cool show. So fun, so energetic. And it's just as supportive as the TV show. Like everyone's yelling, you know, trying to support the contestant that's on stage. We want you to win the prize. It is, it's so very well done. Yeah, I know that, uh, I don't know the exact mechanics of it, but I think The Price is Right is if you assemble a certain group of people that they can basically, they tell you that one of you will appear on the show. Do you, do you have you looked into it? Um, um, I've I've noticed it. I haven't looked too much into it, but I've noticed it just based on, mm-hmm. well, this was pre kind of their, uh, the changes they had to make due to the pandemic. Um, COVID. But I mean, typically, yeah, I you you know everyone came in with their identical T-shirts or celebrating a big event, and it seemed that most of the time, especially through like if the host is having communication with that group during some of the off time, you know, to get to know them a little bit, you know, we we're having a conversation during the commercial break. It seems like they tend to fall into place, which is good. I mean, it, it's good television, so it makes perfect sense for the casting. I'm assuming it's casting directors that make those decisions. So. <laughs> Yeah, and the and the casting people at game shows are pretty important. Yeah. Um, also, those the casting people at game shows are some of the most. You talk about the energy of a game show, like the casting people for game shows are some of the most energetic, full of life, like you know, amazing people that you'll ever meet because their job is to like give that energy. Particularly uh, the woman who was in charge of the casting process at Jeopardy when I was on, named Maggie, um, was just this sort of like. You know, she's she's the mother of all these contestants, essentially. Uh, and like you really feel her sort of love for people and her desire for people to do their best because it's a scary thing for people who just, you know, aren't used to being on television to suddenly be on television. Right. You need someone who can kind of support them through through that process. And often the people who do that work as casting people at game shows are really great at like helping people, uh, helping people thrive in that moment. Yeah, that's so amazing. I was just thinking like. Cause like some of these game shows, like, yeah, you go in, you can prep as much as you can, but then once you're there under the lights, it's showtime, you know, a lot of people get there. So how, I guess you kind of managed this, but like how effective do you really think those casting directors are at getting the nerves off the contestants? Yeah. I mean that they know what their job is and they have to, they're basically doing it day in and day out mm-hmm. of taking people who are having a once in their life experience in most cases. Like for me being on multiple game shows, it's a weird thing to do something that, is a once in your life experience multiple times, but yeah, it's that's the main job is just to make people comfortable because what they want and what ultimately game shows want is just like real human experiences, real like life changing moments where people you know either succeed or don't succeed, but are like really going for it and really uh, in the moment. So um, if they have you know people who are wooden or frozen or you know not able to function with the tv camera on it doesn't work for them so yeah and dakota do you have similar game show dreams as chorcy or is he the uh the the game show maniac (laughs) he's definitely the game show maniac i i would love to write so we've talked about it's like if he gets a game show i will help i'll be in the writer's room i'll help come with games and questions but he has the drive he has the passion for this world um like when he's like sending me names like oh i i'm getting an interview with this person like you're the household name it's like i I gotta inter- I gotta look them up. I'm sorry, um, but I grew up with Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune really as like the staples, uh, just because didn't have the whole like TV package and stuff. And those come on like six, seven o'clock. It's easier like for kids to watch too. It's like really family shows because yeah. it's you know maybe round dinner, not too late where kids are going to sleep. Um, so really that nice primetime TV slot. And I've always loved trivia. Like I actually um, tutor for the past two years as well at a middle school. So connections were the same. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, tutoring's the best. The best trivia job, yeah. basically. Oh uh, yeah, I was about to ask. I'll ask that later. But um, no, Chorsey's definitely the game show game show maniac. He'll like he said. He'll send me like he's like oh this this game show that was on 1995 and ran for like three weeks. Look at this. You know, <laughs> do you see that set piece in the back corner? I'm like okay, <laughs> and he's laughing because he knows it's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm addicted to a good game show set. Like when I, yeah. especially because those are the people that typically don't get the credit they deserve. We're both theater majors from Ohio State. Um, so mm-hmm. we are actors who have also worked behind the scenes. We've worked together as stage managers. So we also understand a lot of the work that goes behind the scenes of a production that doesn't necessarily get the recognition it deserves. And so I think in turn, I tend to look for those details and be like, wow, this person put 
so much effort, you know, even with just a simple light cue, you know, a simple, a simple scenic design. Like those are the things that are really exciting because they, they don't usually get the credit they deserve. And it really can yeah, yeah, yeah. make or break a show. Yeah. Like the, I mean, the production level on, on some game shows is really good and shows that sort of build in narrative, like to talk to the writing side of it. Like they're, you're taking, they, they also, the people who make the game shows kind of view it as a journey. You're, it's, it's got a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you're taking people along this life journey with, uh, with the contestants. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, just speaking of the set stuff, like I've never been on the Wheel of Fortune set, but it's like right next door to the Jeopardy set on the Sony lot. Uh, so you're kind of in the, you, you, you can see where, where they do it. I've heard like the wheel itself is like in person, remarkably small and sort of, just it's just like a little wheel where on the show it kind of looks like this big yeah. wheel of fortune. Uh, similar with the Jeopardy set, like on TV it looks like this kind of like <clears throat> expansive forum, um, and then you're there and you're just like it feels smaller than it actually is uh, than it looks on TV. So a little bit of camera magic, sure. But yeah, the the nice thing about game show dreams is it feels far away, but it's really doable and like if you want to be on a game show you can get on the game show if well part of it i guess i don't know if you have questions about like the audition process but that's sort of a a crucial the crucial element to getting on the game show is like playing the audition in a certain way because they have to want to cast you yeah Uh, and if they do want to cast you they will definitely cast you and if they don't want to cast you they will not cast you and it's uh you just want to be a person that people are going to root for basically. Uh, and that means having a lot of energy and like sometimes having a, having an interesting story matters. Cause they, cause all game shows ask you like, you know, what, what do you do? And I always feel like, okay, well I do trivia. <laughs> what other things do I do? Um, so like often my, my hobbies list is pretty short cause um, trivia is my main, main hobby, but they always ask you, what would you do if you want a life changing amount of money? And I'm always kind of struggling there. Um, but I, I've, finally settled on uh, my sister is uh runs an animal uh, runs a mainly cat fostering operation out of the home we grew up in um shout out to camp kitten and my sister becky uh camp camp kitten that's where it's at uh and so i share game show winnings with my sister um for her uh for her cat rescue um but you want to have some sort of story like it's something that i actually do and care about but it's also works well as a game show story for what i would do with uh with money if i want it which is something you have to plan ahead to tell them interesting i mean, yeah you yeah, tips you read my mind because i that was definitely the next part and i was telling dakota this before we record it is that you have mastered the art of being cast in multiple game shows uh and like you said that's kind of a phenomenon because not many people get to do it multiple times um and you've been on both sides of it. You've been on as a contestant, but also like as the person that the contestant is kind of competing against. So, yeah, w- talk to me a little bit about how you've mastered your your audition process. You said that there are certain questions that you know that the casting directors and the crew is going to ask you. Um, are there any other repeating questions that you've noticed since you've done the process multiple times? Yeah, it's basically always... Um what are your interests? And you have to think of interesting things to say because on Jeopardy, uh, you know, during the, the period where Alex talks to the contestants, he's basically going off of, well, he's usually going off of this list of five things that you've provided them that Alex can talk about. And the casting people sort of help you hone that and make it into little mini stories. So having interesting things for the host of Jeopardy to ask you about uh, is pretty, is weirdly crucial for getting on Jeopardy, um, the most important thing is energy, basically, and just having sort of a positive, big energy. And I, like I said, I auditioned or failed the failed the test. For, okay, so just to go back for Jeopardy, like to get on the show, you have to take. Now it's online, and then you. I don't know if they're they're doing in person auditions during during COVID times, but like it's a 50 question test and you have to get above a certain threshold, right? They don't really disclose what the, what that magic number is, but you have to go through this pretty rigorous, 
you know, trivia quizzing process. And some most trivia shows require you to answer questions to show that you can answer trivia questions. Um, obviously, Wheel of Fortune, they don't ask you trivia questions, but I think they have you solve little little games. So the, Je- the way the Jeopardy audition works is you've taken a, a test on your own to prove that you can answer a certain number of questions. In the in-person audition, you would take another written version of, uh, of a 50-question test to make sure you can you actually answered the you were able to answer the questions that you claimed you were on your earlier test. And then they do like a mock game. And this is a common thing where you just sort of play through, um, play through the, the, the way the game goes and they film it and they, you know, show it to producers and stuff. And there you're just trying to be energetic and show the kind of energy that you'd have on camera on the actual show. Um, and that's really the number one thing is uh, projecting more energy than it then feels like, normal um because however energetic you think you're being you're not being as energetic I, you guys know as you know as theater um you know theater students that like how you think you're appearing and how you're actually appearing are often not the same thing and kind of bringing those into alignment is is i i guess one conception of what acting is is like that you're actually projecting what you're what you're what you're intending to project so um just being more energetic than feels like uh, healthy, <laughs> like you're just really like pushing yourself to 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 exude energy, and that and I didn't make it. I didn't succeed in my initial initial uh, attempts to be on game shows because I auditioned for Jeopardy more times, and I like tried out for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and didn't make it early until later until I realized you just have to be ridiculously energetic. So that was the main thing is just you know exuding as much energy as possible. Goodness, okay. All right. Yeah. So energy, energy. I was a college cheerleader, so th- this should be easy. Yeah, you got this. I, this <laughs> you better be able to have this part. <laughs> I'm watching a, a midway through the second season of Cheer. I don't know if you know the Cheer season on, or the Cheer. Do you know the Cheer on Netflix? Netflix? series on Netflix? It. Yeah. 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 Um, the first seat. Well, I won't say you should, you should watch Cheer on Netflix if you are interested in the college cheerleading world. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, So really quickly, we should take a quick break. Great. All right, we're back. So um, we've talked a lot about your Jeopardy experience, but there are a couple other shows and a couple other clips that I've seen on YouTube that I also want to discuss with you. So the first one is a show that I had never heard of uh, until I started doing (laughs) my research. 500 questions which honestly sounds daunting as a title for me yeah that's i think that's what they're going for is like the grit the greatest mountain of trivia to climb the 500 questions oh uh, yeah so talk to us a little bit about what that show entailed because this was a very quick show i don't think it really lasted all that long in terms of a production run is that correct Okay, yeah. So, five hundred questions um, was this show developed by Mark Burnett, who uh, was one of the developers of Survivor. Um, and I actually was a guinea pig for the show before I was actually on it. Um, they were looking for hosts for the show, and when shows are developing are being developed, uh, they have basically contestants who just fill in as like you know contestants for mock mock runs of the show. So I was like one of the players as they were testing out different hosts um and so it was you know part of the development of that show in that respect and then they did a first season of the show and i think it would be, it would have been weird to have me on it because i was like again one of the one of the uh, guinea pigs for developing the show but then once they did a second season of the show they had me on it and the basic premise was there are 500 questions and they bring up one contestant at a time who's like the main contestant who just starts picking questions off of a board and answering them. And every time the question that he, he or she gets one, right, you get, I don't remember it was like a thousand dollars or whatever, 2000 or something. Uh, and it's building like a bank. And then there's another contestant who's trying to knock that contestant off. Um, and they occasionally have these back and forth um, battles between the contestants uh, on like list questions, like name. I think one was like, you know, Britney Spears top 10 songs or something uh, back and forth. And so if the, if the person who's in the main spot uh, misses 
three in a row or is elim- you know, and otherwise eliminated by the other contestant, then the other contestant takes over and starts at zero and tries to answer 500 questions. And they never explained what actually would happen if someone answered 500 questions because I think the highest someone got was 200 something or something. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was any opportunity to be on a trivia game show, I say. So uh, I was very excited to be on that show and uh, you know, did reasonably well and didn't answer 500 questions. But um but had a great experience, and the the they had two different hosts. Uh, the host of my season was uh, this uh, Dan Harris, who was uh, I think he was, but well, he's been in journalism for a long time, and he was a really great host. And it's been kind of sad to he was such like a, a wonderful game show host. And some people would maybe not consider that the biggest compliment, but in in my world, that is a very big compliment. Yeah. I think in yours as well, yeah. Jersey. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, he was just a very sort of natural, uh, good host, and it was been sad not to see him host other shows but uh it was a great experience uh i actually got eliminated by liz murphy who is the same person who eliminated me from the uh jeopardy tournament of champions so that was uh that was uh, not cool of liz but (laughs) uh, hats off to her for my my nemesis liz murphy um strikes again so i'm waiting for the the third time at some point where liz murphy will uh defeat me so she's she's like a secret room in her house of just your face and she's like i got jeopardy taking me down down. and one more my my scalps on liz murphy's wall oh my goodness oh my goodness oh so in this show in the clip that i watched I'm still trying to wrap my head around what caused this. We were, <laughs> well, they, yeah, we were rooting no, for ahead. something called a plant battle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even the host. There was, was uh, so, <laughs> no one, all America was uh, baffled by the plant battle. No, there was uh, there's like different categories, and under so each quest, each category had like three different questions, and you would like you know, go to which category you wanted to go to based on whether you felt confident about it or didn't feel confident about it or had like strikes against you because you missed them. So you have to go to a safe category or whatever. Um, but like under one question or like, like a few questions per board would have a battle, which I was saying before is like where you go back and forth and it's like a list of, of, uh, of, you know, trivial lists, like name the, you know, presidents of the United States or whatever. And, I was just saying, like, it would be fun if there were a plant battle, um, and no one could understand why it would be fun if there were a plant battle, because what's fun about a plant battle? But it just, it had a ring to it. So I kept saying, like, I hope there's a plant battle behind plants, and then I kept picking, and then there wasn't. And then finally, I picked a plant question, and there was a plant battle, and it was very exciting. Uh, and then I Terry Linwood was the, uh, was the rival contestant at that point, and he was also uh, on the jeopardy tournament of champions when i was although he didn't defeat me um like liz murphy did uh but then so terry and i got to engage in a plant battle and i think the question was something like um there's like the top tree named streets mm-hmm. so like elm street and oak street and um and so we went back and forth naming trees that were potentially on the list of the top tree named streets list and uh eventually i said uh, aspen street because we ran out of tree names to say um and that was not right and so terry won the plant battle and then he uh right on cue he said are you not entertained which is uh, <laughs> uh excellent line by terry linwood taken from um gladiator and uh i lost the plant battle so but that's what a plant battle is but I'm surprised that there was not a spinoff show called Plant Battle. Plant Battle. <laughs> it does have a ring to America's, it. It does, right? Like if you could come up, if you guys could come up with what a Plant Battle game show would look like, I think that would be a real big hit. At least I would enjoy it and would uh, would love to appear on it. Especially the excitement around the Plant Battle. Like people were confused, yeah. but people were with it, and that honestly, that's well, what that's- you want. <laughs> that's the interesting thing about game shows is like you get out there and you're like scared. The cameras are on, like you've packed with adrenaline and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, what's happening right now? But once you've been in that sort of weird flow of being on a game show, you're suddenly like, anything is possible here. Like, I, this is whatever I make it into. And so it, for me at least, it's impossible to sort of be yourself and be like, even just talking to you guys now, like at the beginning, I'm sort of like, okay, the tape's running. We're doing this, and it's just you know, it's for me at least, it's awkward to 
talk about myself. Uh, but now I'm feeling like, okay, now we can talk about pretty much anything. <laughs> we know each other and uh, let's make this whatever we want it to be. That's kind of the way it is with game shows is like you're freaked out and, you know, buzzing at the beginning, but eventually you just sort of are like in it and you're like, this is, this is fun. And uh, so with the plant battle thing, it was just like, let's get, let's get goofy. Let's make it fun and wacky. And so I was able to like make it into something out of nothing and uh, and that's part of what you know what the producers want. They want you to like make it you know an interesting experience. So that's uh, was able to make that into an interesting thing. Yeah, I mean it's a very memorable memorable clip from the show, and it it fascinates me because the show concept in a way, <clears throat> excuse me, the way the show is designed is very intense. It's it's very. Um, it's a no nonsense type of show. I mean, I think one of the taglines is something of like, there's no help, you know, there's no call a friend. There's nothing like that. Either you know the answer or you don't, you know, it's very, very much simple to the point. So to have this comical moment, uh, in this show was so fascinating to watch. Cause it was just like, okay. Like it, it humanizes everyone that's on this show. Right. Cause I think especially for a show of that stature where it's like everything is very serious. Sometimes the viewers can kind of detach and be like, oh, well, these are just very smart people just being very smart. And it's like, but they're also human beings, you know, and they have other emotions they can express. And I, I think, like you said, that's what producers are looking for because it's that humanizing aspect that brings people back to watching these game shows more and more. Yeah, I think you're totally right, Chorsi, that it that also having a show be sort of serious and about uh, intellectual or mental accomplishment uh, works well with moments of levity and like wackiness, and uh, they want the total human experience of serious and intense, but also funny and light, and uh, yeah, the contrast is what they're going for. So I have a question. Do you think... So including like 500 questions, like how daunting that show might seem to be like coming on. Um, do you think your experience on a lot of different game shows and like, you know, like on Jeopardy when people win a lot and go on runs, do you think having that experience and knowing the energy kind of required to look good on the show gives you an advantage over people that are new to game shows? Yeah, uh, there is there is a thing on Jeopardy where the returning contestant has a lot of power just because they know the you know, they know the deal they've done it. And like when, you know, when Ken Jennings was on his run, eventually people would like, he had been on so long that people had seen his first few episodes and got there and saw that this guy is still on the show, which the psychological edge there is, is pretty big. Um, so yeah, like having had the experience makes going on a game show, a very different experience. And Jeopardy was my first experience, but subsequent experiences have all been sort of ah, I know what this is like. This is familiar. Um, whereas someone who hasn't done it before is going to be more intimidated and, and uh, you know, not able to find it, possibly not able to find the groove, um, which is a big part of it is just like being in a groove and being comfortable. Fascinating. Um, yeah, isn't it? What's more fascinating than, than a guy who's been on game shows talking about being hey, on game shows? Hey, it's cool. Shows, right? It's cool. <laughs> This is this is all I want. <laughs> I'm, but I'm with I'm with you, Chorsey, That I'm like like if I could just spend every day being on a game show. I mean, so that's the thing. Like with the host, like that is what the host you know experience is. Is you're just on it. You're a person on a game show all day. Um, yeah, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's why. I- but it's but the. But the thing is, like, it is something you can do. And, like, I have met a lot of people who develop game shows, and it's a job. Like, you can you can be a professional game show developer. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether your thought is, like, this is p- perhaps unobtainable, uh, but it's totally obtainable, and it's totally something that people do. And there's game show development companies um, that I would encourage you to look into contacting. And uh, the people who work their way up and I've you know met people who work their way up through the ranks of game show development operations. Like they're people who love game shows. Uh it's really the 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 way you're talking about them is how the people who work their way up through the game show ranks um come to it. It's just like loving that excitement, loving, you know, the big cash, the big, you know, the the big uh 
sets the big uh the big fun of game shows so it's really and it's really an unobtainable dream if if that is in fact your 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 dream the first step hell yeah it uh, is is i feel like i need to be not to quote hamilton but you kind of have to be in the room where it happens right if i want to work in game shows i need to get to california so the goal is around this time next year i want to move to california because if this is what i want to do i need to commit and i need to be there in order to be able to work in this industry um so absolutely california is where like the main it's the it's the epicenter of game show production. Um, however, I've participated in development processes for different game shows that have been conducted over Zoom. Where like even you know the the person who's going to actually host the show is in Australia. There's contestants you know in various places or mock contestants in various place in various places in the United States, and the people who are you know developing it are wherever they are usually in in Los Angeles. But like the the COVID Zoom uh, change has made it so you can you can get your foot in the door um, probably over Zoom from where you're at. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it seems like for now you still would have to be in Southern California probably. But there too, like you're allowed to move. So yeah, um, yeah. Oh, wow. Already, yeah, but no, but it's it's interesting to hear you expressing this this sort of passion and this dream and this desire because it's a really uh, reachable goal. So that's that's very cool. I was the child who I so <laughs> I we used to have we had the Price is Right and the Will of Fortune board game, which most people look at me mm-hmm. like there's a board game for <laughs> either of these. Yes, there are. There are multiple of course. versions, and I've probably have owned them all. Um, they're going to do some marketing of products to uh, to try to to sell those. Yeah, and uh, when like we would play Will of Fortune, I didn't. When I was a child, I didn't want to play the game. I wanted to host it. <laughs> like that's what I wanted to do. I was setting up the puzzles and telling my parents what it was, and they were playing with me. And um, like even when I remember, oh my goodness, I get to tell you the story. Um, I almost I got in trouble. I didn't realize it until years later, but I was in trouble in middle school for a school project that I did. So uh, my favorite game show growing up was called Russian Roulette. Mark L. Wahlberg hosted at, you know, another trap yeah. door, simple trivia quiz show. Um, yep. So I didn't realize the implications of what Russian Roulette actually is. <laughs> I only knew the game show. Um, so we had a book uh project that i had done and what i did was i took the end game of russian roulette and made a powerpoint with like the six drop zones and a little timer uh to show people and we did like a little quiz thing so i just read questions as quickly as i could to see how many people could get i didn't realize what the aerial view of the stage represented (laughs) and so we had just gotten smart boards in our school (laughs) and um so you know that image that circle this powerpoint that i had drawn um shows up on the screen and i remember my teacher gasping and i was like i have no idea why (laughs) and to be fair no one else in the classroom understood because i'd even shown the drop montage of the show before we actually played the game so i i shown like the youtube clip like people dropping to the floor and like some of the best drops all that fun stuff Mm. but it took until years later when i realized what i had done and why (laughs) my teacher had gasped the way she did and um while it is pretty on brand with something I would do, uh, I do feel some slight guilt about scaring my English teacher. Like that. <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, it's a weirdly edgy name for not a not a super edgy game show to call it Russian Roulette. Like, uh, like yeah, that's a little a little brutal. But there's always that desire for edginess and uh, kind of uh, yeah, a, a hook, and and that is certainly a hook. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I, so I won't make that mistake again. I, now we know we're well informed. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, they just, game shows have always been how I've been able to 
relate to people. I strongly believe game shows is what helped me to even be able to read. I mean, I watched so much Wheel of Fortune as a child, even just that basic being able to analyze letters and words. And I, you know, I have this weird thing where I can look at blank spaces and, tr- you know, have a pretty good idea of what that word can be based on a process of elimination. It, it helps. Yeah, that's something that I'm I'm not great at uh, at like word puzzles, uh, but within I'm you know I'm I'm fairly entrenched in the trivia community, and there's a lot of overlap between people who are very good at word puzzles and people who are very into trivia, and obviously crossword puzzles is there's a lot of overlap with that community. It's weird that there's these sort of subset subsets of game show types, like there's the trivia shows, there's sort of the word play shows. Obviously, there's the more physically you know you know, performing physical tasks type shows. Do you have preference for one of those subsets or, and for you as well, Dakota of just like, do you prefer? Cause for me, I've only gone on trivia game shows and that's really where my interest is because the competitive aspect of trivia is, is the main thing I'm into, which I think on some level is, you know, starting with jeopardy with my dad, like, look what I know, look what I've learned. And you can like also study, to, to get better at that. It's hard. I think it'd be hard to study to get better at Wheel of Fortune. I'm sure people do that, but like, are, is your interest with trivia, sh- trivia, wordplay, um, physical shows? Like what's your special interest? I, <laughs> Just all of them is what I'm yeah, getting I mean, off of so your, your reaction. I, one of my favorites was Legends of the Hidden Temple. Well, I can't say was. It has been revived. So uh, is Legends mm-hmm. of the yeah. Because I love the fact that it felt like it was a nice mixture of all of it. Um, Dakota and I used to work at an escape room together. Um, so we've done plenty of escape rooms. And um, it's a nice balance of those physical and mental kind of challenges that are blended well together. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, I loved a show called Dog Eat Dog. Double Dare. Um, oh, I thought you were going to go Double Dare. Uh, I, I love dub, Double Dare, too. Um, sure. Dog Eat Dog was, like, one of my favorite shows. Uh, Brooke Burns hosted it, and I just thought it was fantastic in terms of it wasn't just always physical. It wasn't just always mental. You know, I love aerial challenges. I love pool challenges. And there was some where it's like, you just need to figure out what the connecting link is, you know, kind of like a before and after with a fortune puzzle. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was just so so very exciting just to see all those different aspects i probably lean more Ooh, this is a very difficult question. <laughs> <What the laughs> no but i like that that but but it's something to sort of decide because you know what area you're going to specialize in um i guess i guess as a game show developer you wouldn't have to have to necessarily pick one angle but uh but i think there are people who sort of fo- tend towards trivia versus you know the other other styles of game shows. That makes yeah, sense. I was definitely more of like a trivia person growing up. Just like yeah, nerdy little bookie indoors kid with allergies to everything. Like played sports, yeah. but that was just be with friends. Um, like in the yeah, like growing up, like watching a lot of Jeopardy. So I've always really liked trivia games, and also because trivia games are really, I think, more accessible to a lot more people. Like you don't have to be like incredibly physically fit to do it. You know, like yeah. sometimes with like Legend of Hidden Temples, like a mix of like. American Ninja Warrior, sometimes it looks like. Um, mm. Even though it is so exciting, and I would love to do it. But um, like trivia, because like you said, you can study for it. It's just, you know, you versus somebody else. Like, how well do you know gothic architecture? Yeah, there's not that many outlets for, like, brain showing off in uh, American sort of media and yeah. pop culture. I guess, I mean, obviously there's, like, you know, writers uh you can you could be a good intellectual (laughs) writer or something like that but just in terms of like entertainment media like trivia game shows are are, you know one of the few areas where it's like you're celebrated for what you know and it's obviously what you know is not necessarily a deep knowledge Mm -hmm. when it comes to trivia it's mostly just you know knowing like what's the answer to the question yeah but it's like a who or what or when question not a how or why question Mm -hmm. um but nevertheless it's like it's adjacent to deeper knowledge. Yeah. I I think the majority of the shows that I grew up watching yeah. lean more towards word or trivia some way, shape, or form. I mean, with a show like mm-hmm. um, like Who's Still Standing, it's a weird mixture of both. 
because you can you can either know the answer to the question or if you don't, I mean, the weird thing, I won't say weird thing, but the interesting aspect of that show is you don't have to know it. You just need to be able to say it somehow. If you can figure out the letters, yeah. they give you a couple. We'll show you how many letters are in each word. If you can figure it out, I just need you to say it. <laughs> um, yeah, that show was trivia, but yeah, you were given some help with some of the some of the letters in the word, and you could say multiple answers, which is also nice. Um, yeah, I like I like trivia questions that tell me what the first letter is for, for whatever reason that like gets your brain in a very in a in a particular place. But um, yeah, but yeah, that that I so that so. In Russian roulette was trapdoor as well, right? Yeah, where you fell through the floor. Yeah, so there haven't, there haven't been enough shows with trapdoors. <laughs> I feel like that that might be a niche or a niche where you can like bring bring back the trapdoor uh, aspect of game shows. Jersey. Honestly, the thing because I have a couple shows that I've I have like preliminary mm-hmm. concepts on, and the thing I am struggling with, and I'm trying to be honest with myself, is not everything needs to be a trapdoor. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, I, I want to just put it on every game and everything. And it's like, sometimes it doesn't fit. And that's okay. <laughs> and my brain is like, no, it's not okay. <laughs> Do the opposite. Why not have a trap door? Do the ejection seat. Um, opposite. Oh, there was one Sh- show sucked up through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> there was one show in particular I had, I had designed, I was working on. And it the, the, the show itself is like... Hmm, how do I feel? Talk about this. It's a show of like elegance and kind of class, and so it's like the the okay. trapdoor aspect did not make sense. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's going to work. I'm going to put it on here. And then <laughs> as I was like testing the show by myself, and I'm talking it through, and I'm working through the rules, and I'm like, this is it's ridiculous. You're doing, you're trying to do too much in one. Um, so that's what I've been focusing on. As I've been kind of trying to create a couple of these ideas is. There's so many ideas I have in my head that I want to do, but don't cram it all into one show. Because I think the shows that work best are those that are easy to understand to the viewers at home and have the ability to be able to have some aspect of it played at home. I think viewers want to be able to play and be able to feel like they're a part of the action, even if they're not in the studio. Um, Yeah, having... having been sorry, just ha- haven't been part of the game show development process. You, I've had a chance to see how the minds work of the people developing the shows, and what you just said is exactly right. Having it be simple, understandable. It's this beat. It's this beat. It's this beat. Um, but yeah, having some level of complexity so that the show develops, that it's not the same thing every round. That there's some build towards a climax, and yeah, also figuring out like what the elimination aspect is going to be because obviously on Jeopardy, it just comes down to Final Jeopardy. But other shows kind of knock people off, and you you end up with one contestant. But yeah, those mechanics um, have to be simple um, yet. Uh, have the opportunity for some level of like com- complex gameplay, which is a is a tough is a tough uh, needle to thread. So, and I think ultimately, I mean, there's a couple shows that like I started working on, and I'm like, this this is boring. And I feel like if I'm bored <laughs> of it, you know, as the creator of it, there's no way this is going to work, right? There's no way <laughs> if I can't be excited about what that show is, then it's not going to work. Um, and one was able to be salvaged really by some rule edits. The other, it was boring because there was so much I was trying to do that my brain was like, I can't understand this, so we're checking out. And so I that's the biggest thing I've been learning because I've been just like researching and looking at so many different game shows all the way, all across the world, just to look at what works. Because like in the UK, they thrive on trivia game shows. Yeah. Like that is... I said 85% of what you'll see is pretty much just trivia game shows Um, or maybe like some specific skill type game shows, Uh, but there's not a lot of physical aspects to it. And there isn't a lot of uh, like, like we have shows like Wipeout, you know, like I Mm -hmm. like physical comedy Mm -hmm. shows, I think is the best way to describe them. Uh, Mm -hmm. There isn't a lot of that in the UK. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a particularly American uh, thread is yeah. The sort of dumb, not, not, not to be, diminish it but like sort of essentially dumb game show where people are kind of made fools of um like wipeout yeah so i that that is something i've been researching more and more because like uh there are 
two particular shows that I love over from the UK. One is called A Thousand Heartbeats. Um, and it's, it is these kind of puzzles or trivia questions. Uh, but the time you have to complete these questions isn't, it's based on your heart rate. So you're attached to a heart monitor and then it's literally a thousand of your own heartbeats. (laughs) And what they do is they have the string quartet. And so your heartbeat uh, becomes the BPM for the music. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And so it's an interesting psychological aspect because as you start to get nervous, the music starts playing quicker, which oh, raises your heartbeat. Hook. So it's it's like you get trapped. <laughs> that um, is really cool. I've never heard of that show, but that's an amazing, amazing angle. Yeah, it, like it is sort of playing your biology out for the audience. And then, yeah, the biofeedback element of that, of where you're responding to your own your own body's changes. So cool. It's such a cool show. And then uh, the other one is called Five Minutes to a Fortune, which I would love to import over here to to the US. I think it is such a fantastic show. Um, And so the way it works is you, um, it is a co-op two-player game. So you bring a friend on and uh, one person plays the game. The other manages the time. And there are five games that you have to play. And then you're given five minutes of time. Um, so the person in the back kind of sets the amount of time that I think the person playing the game can complete the task in. Got it. Um, and interesting, interesting collaborative uh, angle. Yeah. And so there's a huge, huge, uh, I keep wanting to call it a time turner. I know that's not the proper term, but the Harry Potter and me, uh, what is that called? <laughs> hourglass. <laughs> there we go. Hourglass. <laughs> um, there's a huge hourglass on stage. And so about five seconds before the clock is going to run out, um, the time turner starts flipping over and the music starts doon, 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 and building up. And what happens is if you run out of time, you still continue to play the game but you literally watch the money that you're trying to win drain out from the hourglass. <laughs> and I'm like, the psych- again, it's another, the psychological aspect of like trying to stay calm while you literally watch yourself lose the money that you're trying to win. So fascinating. It have is you such- ever, have, have you seen the show Divided? Oh my goodness. Yeah, because that reminds me of the end of Divided where you have the final three contestants have to decide who gets the most, the least in the middle amount. And like as they're deciding, they're losing their bank, which is kind of a, an amazing dynamic. It is. I There was one episode I watched. I think I had watched the show a couple months ago. There was one episode I watched. It was someone who had... Honestly, they did not really participate. Exactly. Those all. people are the ones who always demand the big money at the end. And he was and like, ruin it for everyone. I'm, I'm taking A, and if I don't get A, no one's getting any money. And they sure enough walked out with no money. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> my goodness. I, that was one of the most cutthroat shows I think I've ever seen. And the particularly amazing thing about the design of the show is, you know, Game shows give away money, but if they can give away less money, they're happy to give away less money. So the design of the show makes it more interesting if they're giving away less money, which is pretty ingenious from a budgeting standpoint. Oh my goodness. I yeah, that's that that show gives me slight anxiety. <laughs> Just, yeah, for sure. It's a great I, that would not be a show I'd run. want to be on because I think it Exactly. <laughs> what well, I'm not even sure I could manage hosting it because I, I tend to like the positive aspects of game show, right? Not saying that's the negative, but that is in order to host that show, you need to be able to, to like stay impartial. And I think in yeah, those situations where you see someone kind of, you know, playing a bully card, playing a bully role, that's difficult. It was hosted by Mike Richards who, you know, ran into a little trouble with the, uh, with the jeopardy situation, but like he did a really good job with that show of keeping it, like he like the audience was with him and i think that's what ultimately what you want in the host is like that the audience sort of um um likes the host and feels comfortable with the host and he kind of helped the audience navigate the the potential cringiness of these squabbling contestants which uh which worked well goodness ah yeah wow i forgot about that show i'm gonna have to watch another episode only i can only manage like one or two if i watch it because i can't binge watch that show that's that's a rough one Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it seems good um um so my next question kind of 
goes towards uh, another show we haven't talked a whole lot about, but um, so you were one of the masterminds for. Now, correct me if I'm getting this correct. Were you on the best trivia? So yeah, so there was a there was a there was a show on Game Show Network called Best Ever Trivia Show. Um, that then sort of morphed into a slightly different version that became Masterminds. Um, and I, I was part of, you know, the, I, I was involved in GSN, uh, developing that show, um, which ultimately they were able to get Ken Jennings to be sort of the marquee, um, mastermind for uh for for both of those shows but yeah so there was one version of the show called best ever trivia show hosted by sherry shepherd and it was basically contestants against sort of like trivia experts and i was one of the trivia experts uh that would end up with like a showdown between the top the top contestant and and the top trivia expert um and then they just sort of you know sort of tweaked it a little bit redesigned it and made it into this show masterminds with brooke burns and um yeah again i was one of the quote-unquote masterminds or trivia experts and it would be the the contestants are competing amongst themselves the trivia experts are competing against themselves and at the end um the uh the top contestant competes head-to-head against the top trivia expert so and it was very honored to be um you know asked to participate in that and uh was living my dream while taping the show because like that for for you the pinnacle it sounds like is being the host of a show for me the pinnacle is getting to answer trivia questions on the regular on a game show and so that was uh yeah i i have lived my dream and it was as glorious as i uh as i dreamed it would would be and uh yeah the only thing is that i you know it being on a trivia team with Ken Jennings means you're, you know, whatever being the, the Michael Jordan replacement is, uh, you know, being on a Michael Jordan team or being, being LeBron's understudy on the, on the LeBron team is like, yeah, you're, you're there. Um, and the master is playing and, uh, you, you're just happy to get a, get a shot every now and then. That's still like, so exciting to be like recognized among the greats and like, for your life's work. Like you said, having Ken Jennings, having Brooke Burns, like the, I mean, this is a, a battle of like these ultimate kind of big names, if you will, in the game show industry. <laughs> and I mean, I, I've always had a soft spot for Brooke. I have always loved Brooke since like I said, I grew up watching dog eat dog then seeing her work on the GSN's the chase with the beast. Yeah. Um, how I mean, how good was she on that show too? For the pacing of that show, like she was uh, amazing. And, and on on Mastermind, she's amazing as well, and uh, is super nice, which is always what you hope is that someone who is that amazing is is also a good person, and she totally is. I just uh, I, my father still watches the chase to this day, and he'll send me screenshots. Like, and this has been happening since I was in school. He'll send me screenshots, and he's like, "Look what I'm watching," and it'll be like Brooke or the Beast on, and I'm like, "Dad, I wish I could right now. I really do." But like, I'm in chemistry class right now, or I'm at work. <laughs> like, this is not. <laughs> I can't do this. I'm sorry. I wish I could. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she was just really impressive because that show is as fast paced as trivia shows get and to be able to handle that sort of uh that sort of timing and and pressure um she really really did a great job wow and yeah, so i actually I'll... have a weirdly have a uh this is coincidental but um have an audition for the chase in the like a preliminary audition for the chase in three hours oh <laughs> wow. it's not like I'm, it's not like i'm uh, breaking news i'm doing a chase <laughs> audition it's not like i do game show auditions every day but it just so happened to coincide with today so maybe this is this is good luck this is keep uh, it 100 with Conan chorsey exclusive okay. exactly <laughs> <laughs> this is the breaking news tune in um but, uh, but yeah so hopefully it's it's like a preliminary kind of mm-hmm. um can you answer questions and be semi-personable type of uh type of call but then from there you're like in the process of in the pipeline um i guess one of the the final questions i have for you is where i mean i've done my fair amount of research but where is like a central location to find game show like contestant casting audition notices that's a good yeah i mean facebook um is 
often a place where um, casting people, like if you you can friend casting people on uh, on on Facebook, and then like when they're casting a show, they'll sort of send a thing out saying this. Um, that's a very good question. I should have a better answer for you than that. I'm on like an email list, or like just like an email list for like different um, game show casting people. So occasionally I'll like get an email for for like a trivia show um there yeah i should have a better answer to that question Chorsey. i'm sorry that i don't um because it's always just sort of been like the way it happens is it kind of randomly um i bet if you google uh game show casting <laughs> you'll you'll find a lot of stuff sorry that that's such a terrible answer to your question but yeah it's 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 weird it's just i'm now now i'm sort of just like in this like you know network of of like you know, trivia and game show people. So like, I kind of like end up hearing about, um, hearing about different opportunities as they come, but like shows like, I mean, it's, I don't think they're doing anything right now, but who wants to be a millionaire? Like you go to the website and you, uh, they, they say we are now casting. Um, so like the big shows, you would go to their website, but as far as like new currently being developed shows, yeah, you would have to in some way interact with casting people for those shows. But, um, there is oh there is like um let me just do sorry to be googling during your during the recording here but like yeah if you do like game show casting for for the networks you can see well there's a there's a twitter called game show casting i bet that would be a good way to go um because it really is just like yeah the you're asking the opposite side of the question of the game show casting people who are like how do we find people right like mm -hmm. If there's good people out there, they want to find those people. And I've had, you know, game show um, casting people ask me, like, do you know people who would be good to be on this show? And, you know, that's it's it's sort of that informal on some level. It looks like this game show casting, not to not to like be promoting a particular um, Twitter account, but like game at game show casting looks like they're pretty hooked in. Um, I guess their last one was from. Uh, well, from February, if you want to be on Password with Jimmy Fallon, that's this might be it, Chorsey. Um, there's a there's February February first tweet about a casting uh, announcement for Password with Jimmy Fallon. So um, this this could be your first show. You're I, providing Password. Password, okay? That's a thing with Jimmy Fallon. Like that would be yeah. a, that would that might be the one. That might be the way to go. Um, yeah, a beach Shazam casting, a the Cube casting. Okay. So, yeah, it's exciting. So, uh, my old friend at game show casting <laughs> is uh, where you want to go. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry if that's a, yeah, yeah, a bad advice, but um, no, I but think yeah. that's great because I mean that's that's what I've heard. To be honest, it's it's kind of pretty similar to what you said. Finding casting directors on on Facebook and they'll literally just post yeah. a notice and yeah, it's like hey, we need people. Um, There's then, like you said, as far as I'm aware shows. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, there's not some secret casting network that I'm not aware of because I feel like I've been around this block enough so that if there were, I would definitely know it. And <laughs> yeah, it's the internet is the answer, I guess, to the question of how do you find out what shows are casting. All righty. Well, I think this about wraps up our interview. Uh, first, okay. I just want to say... Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for taking the time just to sit and chat with us. I, I truly feel like I can accomplish anything I want to today. Like I, <laughs> I, I love that, Chorsey. <laughs> and thank you, Chorsey and Dakota. Thank you, thank you for caring about what I have to say. And oh, absolutely. In, and uh, for sure, always follow your dreams. And uh, in particular, Chorsey, because you have expressed the most. Uh, uh, passion about following this dream like i really really want to uh, stress that like this is a super achievable dream um and you just have to take concrete steps to do it and if there's anything that i can do to help just let me know thank you sir i so greatly appreciate that i we will definitely stay in contact as i explore and figure out and i will let you know once i get my first audition I awesome so <laughs> fingers crossed anything you would like to promote before we close things out nope i just uh just uh, stay safe uh always be learning um 
and uh, uh, make sure to, that you know all the presidents and vice presidents. That <laughs> comes up a lot. Also, capitals. Make sure you know capitals, uh, world capitals, state capitals for sure, and then do world capitals. And um, the the uh, first uh, man in space was uh, Yuri Gagarin, and the first uh, woman in space was Valentina Tereshkova. That you know that comes up a lot. So make sure you know that fascinating that those are <laughs> okay. i mean it makes sense but fascinating just, that those I, specific tidbits well, are so common that's always it my, makes like, sense my test if someone is ready for jeopardy is like do you know who the first woman in space was because like to me it just it's a thing that comes up and like mm-hmm. if you know that you're ready and if you don't know that you, you might want to keep studying a little a little bit longer yeah it's like still kind of like a surface Fair level enough. fact but that, <laughs> like most of that yeah. some people don't know but like trivia questions will be on yeah what's the what's the other thing i know about valentina tereshkova nothing nothing so that's that's, <laughs> that's been to space in a nutshell <laughs> yeah okay, Makes sense. Yeah. okay. Right, thank so. you so much you guys right. thank you thank, thank you, you so, so much. much and thank you folks for listening to another episode of the buzzer beat as a part of keep it 100 with dakota and chorsey if you like what you heard, you can always stay updated on our website, ki100pod.com. We release new episodes every Monday. Um, so you can always find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, things like that. You can also follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at keepit100 underscore pod. Thanks so much, everyone. Cue music. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Keep It 100 with Dakota and Chorsey. We want to welcome to the Keep It 100 family our amazing executive producer, Zachary J. Bailey, and our talented audio editor, Evzoxia Ragu. We would also like to thank our dear, dear friend, Isri Vijay Sundara, for all of her support on our show. Remember to keep it nasty and keep it 100. <laughs>